They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks it in trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. That is right. That is right. SoundCloud.com, iTunes, in the house. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. The Brotherly Love Podcast. You know it, you love it. If you don't know, now you know. Joe O'Donnell, Johnny Mita here with you. What's up, Johnny Meats? Joe, how are things in corn country, as you like to call it? I'm keeping it real, dude. And you know what? Usually we come on and then breaking news occurs thereafter. But we actually got some Eagles news today and we're able to go on right afterwards. So that'll actually work out in our favor for once, eh? Finally. But it does (laughs) seem like we do podcasts and there's like significant news that breaks that day. Yeah, which then makes our podcast completely irrelevant. Yeah. Hence I'm our hence our low that. our low listenership. Ah, well, we're working on it. <laughs> As I like to say, or take the cliche phrase from someone else who said it, Rome wasn't done the day, my friend. That a guy. That a guy. <laughs> we're a hey, we're almost. Last time I checked, we were like forty five hundred clicks on SoundCloud. That doesn't even count iTunes, uh-huh. dude. So holla at your boy, uh-huh. uh, Johnny Mita. Before we get started, you just came back off a business trip. In Colorado. Yeah. I use that term yeah. loosely. Um, yeah, exactly. And I want to get your take on the the greatness that is the recreational ganja scene out there. What would you think? What would you make of Denver, um, dispensaries, the whole nine yards? It's an interesting culture out there for sure, man. You saw all, all walks of life. I mean, it was just amazing. Everybody's laid back and happy there. It's it's definitely a uh, – it's very different than here. That's for sure. And did you uh, enjoy your experience? Ah, uh, always. Always <laughs> enjoy it. And it's, and it's just such a beautiful place. Like, it's yeah. weird, man. Like, it's – like, you, you get out of Denver, and, like, when you get on the highway, it's just, like, nothing but, like, flat road with, like, farm country. And then mountains just start appearing out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it's, it looks it's crazy. It's 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 a serene landscape. It's, it's really cool. As Jim Carrey yeah, would I, say I that, that John Denver's full of Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Um now, your favorite the favorite did you try various strains? Yeah. You complete the yeah, fifth well, too, I don't care. No, nah, I didn't uh, I tried the golden goat. That's all I could get around to. <laughs> the other two. They left me for dead, man. I was like, uh, I think I'm good. <laughs> That's good to go, but I'm definitely going to go out there another time, try to uh, hook up with Steve Peasy. He's the athletic, one of the athletic directors at the University of Colorado, so I didn't really have the opportunity. He would have given me a tour of the facilities, but he just had a brand-new baby born, so he was kind of tied up. But, but yeah, I'm definitely going to go back and uh, kind of make it like a weekend trip. Let me ask you this. Did you put any thought yeah. at all into the professional sports teams that travel out there for road games and what that means for the athletes, because let's be honest, uh, whether leagues are testing or not, it's a it's a yeah. it's a hobby, it's a it's a recreation, 
it's a necessity yeah. for some some people, some athletes. Uh, did that? Wow. You know, because I've I've I know some I've I've got stories. Put it that way, uh, third person yeah. or otherwise, that teams take full advantage of being somewhere where it's legal from a purchasing standpoint. Uh, recreation standpoint, yeah. and, and hell, why wouldn't they? When you go to Vegas, as NHL teams will be doing next year, you know damn well they're going to be taking advantage of Vegas. Yeah, I mean medicinally too. I mean, yeah, you think of, and that's a big fight with the NFL right now. A lot of players, you know, are, are fighting to make this legalized, as opposed to how many players have been a, a addicted to opiates in this country. It's like an epidemic. All the painkillers. You got guys like Brett Favre. You got a guy like Ryan Leaf. Essentially, it ruined the man's career. He was, you know, fell in love with that opiate pill, and then he's never to be heard from. Sent to jail. Now he's got his life together. But it's a huge debate. I, I did think about it a little bit. I'm like, you know, what what do the coaches tell their players? I mean, that's yeah, that's got to be in the discussion when when you're visiting a place like that, because it's you know, it's essentially you just give him a driver's license. There you go. Yeah. And you're fully capable of, you know, purchasing whatever you want. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, um, and we'll transition here in a moment, but uh, you bring up a good point. You know, coaches will, and again, at that highest level, who knows how much babysitting they actually have to do. You hope the team polices itself. But for the most part, you're right, that, that message almost has to be, hey, guys, let's not forget we've got a game here. We're on a business trip. Uh, but you know the guys are taking full advantage of it if that's if that's their cup of tea. And maybe some guys that don't necessarily smoke or have any interest in smoking or haven't smoked because they play uh, or fear of testing, obviously, and failing those tests, you'd have to imagine some of them are at least maybe first-timers too. Like, hey, I'm here when in Rome. So uh, all food for thought, but glad you had a nice trip out there to Colorado, my friend. Let's transition seamlessly to a different type of blunt, LeGarrette Blunt. Signing with the Philadelphia Eagles, my friend. And uh, this is huge news because the Eagles came and went through most of free agency and the NFL draft without a big splash at the running back position. Blunt was out there, 18 touchdowns to the Patriots last year. He's a veteran running back. He's had his trouble on and off the field. But under Belichick's watch, he was a good soldier. He helped them win a Super Bowl this past year. He was dominant at times. And the Eagles fill a huge void, in my opinion. I love the signing for a number of reasons. Now, is there part of me that's like, ah, why the Patriots let this guy leave? Because I've, I've said on this podcast before, if the Patriots want to make a trade, if the Patriots want to do business, buyer beware. They always know what they're getting themselves into. But it seems like the Eagles got a low-risk deal, one year, max value of $2.8 million, or at least what's being initially reported, getting a guy that still has good run left, no pun intended. He's still got some tread left on the tires. And a guy that, you know, we, we have our Dear God segment. Dear God, give the ball to LeGarrette Blunt in goal line situations. The Eagles have struggled in the red zone for as long as I can remember, since T.O. probably left, to be quite honest. You're talking about a decade plus without a legitimate red zone option. Sorry, Brent Selleck. Sorry, Zach Ertz. Sorry, Chad Lewis, whoever else was in there. For the most part, the Eagles suck in the red zone. Can Blunt help that? I think so. Does he give you a guy that can carry the ball 15 to 20 times right off the hop? I think so. And so I love the signing. I love it. He, you know, And even better, the Giants had shown interest. I didn't want him going to the Giants. So the Eagles get a veteran running back, somewhat on the cheap, with some you know, gas left in the tank, something to prove you hope as well. He's got a former teammate, Chris Long, on the roster currently. 
and, and he's going to get the lion's share of the carries because Darren Sproles in his career has not been that guy. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It was funny. I'm in the airport today, and you know, I was at Elway's. Elway's has a little steakhouse deal in, in the Denver International Airport. And I had to use the bathroom. And I'm thinking to myself, I knew we were doing the podcast, and I'm like, God, like, when are the Eagles? Are they, you know, there was talks. Could they trade for a guy like Mark Ingram? Jason Kelsey right. makes a lot of sense for both parties. And literally, as soon as I step out of the bathroom, literally within two minutes of me walking out of the bathroom, boom, get the news. Like, Garrett Blunt signs a deal. Very cap-friendly deal. You know, he, apparently, from what I understand, the base salary this year is $1.25. He gets $400,000 in guaranteed money. And then the rest of it to bring it up to 2.8, like you said, is all incentive-based. You know, how many touchdowns the guy has, how many yards. But I love it. Yeah, I love that, too, because you you want this guy to prove it. Not that he has anything left in his career to prove at this point with all he's accomplished, but why not give him extra incentive? Exactly. Another, and and we've talked about it, you know, throughout the course of free agency with these deals and how he is swung. It's another prove-it deal. That's exactly what I had written down in my notes. And it's a good band-aid for maybe, you know, you make your priority next year in the draft. You take a guy like Saquon Barkley from Penn State to be that, you know, all down everything running back for you. So I love it. I mean, look at how potent this offense could be. I know it's very early. And Carson Wentz has to connect with these new receivers that he has. But if you look at top to bottom, we're not throwing Nelson Aguilar and, and Beckham Jr., Green Beckham, or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know his, I don't even remember his name. He's so terrible. Um, we're not throwing those types of guys out there. We have legitimate playmakers at every position. You know, Jordan Matthews, he moves back to the natural slot position. You got Torrey Smith and Jeffrey on the outside. Hopefully, Zach Ertz, you know, proved me deal for him to step up and be that prolific tight end that everybody owes for in the town. And I just, it's it's nice to see this was the one piece that I think the entire fan base is worrying about. Who is going to get the bulk, you know, the bulk of the carries? And it turns out if the Eagles cut Ryan Matthews once he heals from that neck injury, they're going to save $4 million on the cap. Well, that's pretty much blunt salary. So, and they're going to do that anyway. So yeah. Let me I ask just, you this. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned thinking about that as the news broke because one of the things I jotted down prior to you and I getting on the air today, prior to the signing, uh, because there's been so much debate recently in Philadelphia about a quote-unquote big running back. And, and one of the things I jotted down, Eagles, do they need a big back? It was one of the topics I wanted to get into. We can cross that off the list. But just quickly, did you know? are you a believer that NFL teams today, you know, because we've seen so much evolution, the loss of the fullback, the, 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 the emphasis on the passing game. I mean, do teams have to have a quote-unquote big back, a sizable running back to be successful? Think about how many years the Eagles struggled, not only under Doug Peterson, but under Chip Kelly and under Andy Reid. How many years have we struggled where third and one, fourth and one, fourth and inches, where we didn't have that hammer, we could hand it off. But Garrett Blunt, the way he runs, and, you know, basically the guy never barely gets tackled for losses. He's always running with pads or forward. This is going to be a huge deal. Because the other thing of the emphasis is the fact that this guy can carry the ball 20 to 25 times a game, Joe, that's going to alleviate so much pressure 
on Carson Wentz. So that he doesn't have to go out there and sling the ball 47 to 50 times and give himself arm fatigue by the end of the season. So this is a huge deal. It's another missing piece. I think the others, if you look at weaknesses on this team, still a weakness that, that people look at regarding the defense is, you know, a lot of unproven players at the cornerback position. But offensively, I think they've made some drastic improvements, and I'm pretty excited about the upcoming season. Handicap it for me. The chances this LeGarrette Blunt deal turns out to be DeMarco Murray 2.0. Oof. Um, I, I, 50 I to 1? No, 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 no. No, I don't think so, Joe. I think this, no, no. DeMarco <laughs> Murray, he just, that guy, first of all, they just didn't ruse him. No, I, I can't even, all right. no. Let's shift this gears. Give me five. Let's shift, yeah, let's shift, shift gears. Uh, last night, what'd you make of the draft lottery? What you saw? The Sixers end up with a third overall pick because of the pick swap with Sacramento. Uh, trust the process, baby. Trust the process. Well, yesterday, I'm pretty sure that I saw both Peja Stoyakovich and Vlani Divac last night at a dispensary <laughs> Denver yesterday. Refilling? Because, yeah. The fact that they made that trade. So it turns out that the Sixers, originally, they had a pick swap. So if, if Sacramento had a better pick than them in the top eight, they would have to swap it with the Sixers. Well, it turns out that Sacramento was going to pull the three spot. So in actuality, the Sixers landed in the five spot. But because that happened, that's why the Sixers ended up with the third pick. Right. And Nick, Stout, Nick Stauskas trolled his old team. And uh, talking about the pick swap, but three. Now, we all know, people, we all know that the Lakers, they're going to land in the top three. If you think all these people are like, oh, my God, if we could get one and four and listen, there was no chance in hell that the Lakers weren't going to get a top three pick. There was just no chance in hell. But the fact that we are in the three spot, it's a good position I'm excited for the draft because there's a lot of players that I think will help this team immediately. And we're going to get another, at least a starting caliber player, but maybe a potential star player to go along with everything that we've acquired so far. So I'm extremely excited. For me, there's two guys that I'm looking at, three tops. But to me, the pick's got to either be De'Aaron Fox or it's got to be Josh Jackson, the small forward from Kansas. I'm in love with De'Aaron Fox. I don't know why anybody else is. People keep talking this notion that, and I heard it all day here on the radio waves, and it drives me that crap crazy, is the fact that, you know, Ben Simmons, he's going to be your point guard. He's a, well, okay, you saw that in summer league, okay? And you've seen that in pickup games in practice. What if it turns out that he can't play the point guard position? Okay, what is your response to that? Well, back to T.J. McConnell we go. No, they need to get a guy like De'Aaron Fox who can play off the ball. In a perfect world, we would love to have Markel Fultz, the talented combo guard from Washington. Now, the Celtics sold all the cards because they have the number one pick. The question is, they, they have a lot of good guards in the backcourt. They're kind of lacking that small forward, that wing player. So do they trade down and go with a guy like Josh Jackson? There's going to be some interesting scenarios. I heard Brian Colangelo, the 76ers general manager, is the team has already called him about the number three pick and entertained some type of some type of trade scenario. So 
I just, uh, what are your thoughts? I, I know one thing, Alonzo Ball's a talented kid, but I, I want no parts of him, yeah. even if, even if, even if he fell. And uh, who, who, who knows? But to me, De'Aaron Fox is my guy, and I hope we can make that. Dear God, Brian <laughs> Clanslo, and God. New segment, Dear Brian Colangelo and God. Uh, I I defer to you on this stuff, man. You know that. Um, Just because I don't watch nearly enough college basketball to make an educated opinion. Now, with that said, uh, I also am of the opinion, stay away from LeVar Ball and Lonzo Ball and anything to do with the big baller brand because I just think it has train wreck written all over. Now, could the kid be a star? Could he be a 10-time All-Star? Will shoe deal you know, get them a billion dollars. I don't know those things. Could they happen? Sure. But to me, I want a sure thing. I think there's too much distraction there. I mean, look what the Flyers went through with Eric Lindros and Carl Lindros. And that was like one one millionth of a degree compared to what LeVar Ball has already done in the national media. Uh, You know, he just doesn't stop. He won't shut up. And so I can't see that improving any way, shape, or form. Plus, he only wants his kid to play in L.A. So, if the Lakers don't draft him, who knows what the hell happens then. Do we have some type of Eli Manning situation where he refuses to go, where they have to force a trade? I mean, who knows what could happen if the Lakers decide he's not the guy and and the Celtics hold tight or the Celtics maybe trade out. I mean, you're right. There's a lot that could happen. I'm going to defer to you. Uh, if De'Aaron Fox is the guy, I did like what I saw from from obviously him and his teammate Malik Monk at Kentucky. Those guys were beasts. You've got Josh Jackson at Kansas. I watched him play in the tournament. Obviously a stud. But I think it, the exciting part is that you've got Simmons, Sarich, Embiid, and then this third overall pick on the rise. Plus the players they've stashed in Europe. The first-round draft pick next year that comes from the Lakers, plus the Sixers' own pick. There's no protection on that Lakers pick, as you know. And then you got the Kings' 2019 pick, which is unprotected. That could be a top-five selection if they continue to be a grease fire. I mean, you're talking about a 2020, I know it's a long way off, 2020 Philadelphia 76ers team that if the process proves out, right, if the process holds true, you could be looking at a legitimate legitimate Eastern Conference contending team, I know that's a long way away. I know they'd have to win 55 games to be in that breath. But LeBron ain't getting younger. The Celtics, maybe they're on the rise. But are you scared of any other team in the East right now? Is there any other team in the East that is rising up in the NBA that you're like, man, in three, four years, they're the new Cavs? I don't think so. Maybe I'm missing something. But this Sixers team could be legit if they stay healthy and they don't screw this thing up. We could be looking at a real, real threat and a competitive team to try and win championships a couple of years from now. I think if they get the right person at number three, I don't think there's any doubt that they could even make it into the playoffs. Just like you talked about how the competition's terrible in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I mean, you can get in the Eastern Conference playoffs and you can be four to six games under 500. You know, teams have made it in the end with like a 38 of 44 wreck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. They get the new, you know, they get that that another piece. And let's just go out and say they shoot, sign a shooter like a guy like J.J. Redick in the offseason to go along with these other pieces or bring in a guy like Kyle Lowry. I mean, who knows? You're right. In three years, is these, you know, these teams like Golden State and, and Cleveland get, but you're right. The East is wide open. 
Beside right now, the two, the two dominant forces that they're playing currently is Cleveland and Boston. Those are clearly the two best teams in the East right now. Now Miami might be on the rise. Milwaukee looks like they're on the rise, but that's only four teams, and there's eight teams that make the playoffs. I think there's a realistic chance that if if things stay you know go well and they stay healthy, they they could be in the mix next year and just keep on growing with all the assets. They have, they have four second-round picks this year. Four. Now, I know second-round picks in the NBA. It is amazing that the NBA draft is only two rounds. Yeah. And that's how many But Isaiah Thomas, Thomas, the 12th or whatever he is in Boston, was the last pick in the second round. I heard that the other day. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah, hey, no, get it right. Get it right. Exactly. Hopefully your scouting you know? department gets it right for you. No, I'm with you. All right, let's – They have some nice – Jesus, yeah. yeah, let's stick with that for a minute, the NBA playoffs, because I know you want to talk about it. I could care less. Here's here's my yeah. here's my takeaway from the NBA playoffs, the little bit that I have watched. And I will admit, last couple of nights I've been flipping it on from time to time. There's not a lot of drama. You know, and one of my one of my takes, if you will, was gonna be just like, you know, Spurs Warriors the other night. You know, a forty point game or whatever it was. How the hell is that any fun to watch? And then tonight Ottawa's up four nothing on Pittsburgh before the Penguins know what the hell hit them. So, you know, I was my, my, my whole point was gonna be, man, look at all these overtime games, one goal games in the Stanley Cup playoffs, rah, 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 four nothing sends like eight minutes in. Uh yeah, it can happen in every sport, I get it. But for the most part, we are gonna get the collision course we expected. Cavaliers, Warriors. Plain and simple, period, end of sentence. So it will that be must see TV? Will that be you know, you've got to watch it, television. You've got to see, the, you know, the rematch again. Yes, I get that. It certainly will be. But leading up to it, why the hell should I waste my time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that. Charles Barkley came out and said, thank God we had the NHL playoffs because the NBA playoffs have been terrible. Well played. So, no, you're right. And they haven't, they have not been good. But these are the matchups. Obviously, I think the two best teams in the West are playing to go to the finals, and the two best teams in the East are playing to go to the finals. So hopefully these matchups, there'll be a little more drama. They'll be closer. Most of the games have been blowouts. I mean, Golden State's just cruising through. And what I want to say is San Antonio is just completely demoralized after losing their best player, Kawhi Leonard, who rolled an ankle. I mean, they were up twenty points on Golden State. Did you watch when Greg? Po- guy, did, you, did you watch Greg Popovich's press conference last night? Sorry to cut you off, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I did watch it. Sure, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Why does he, he have to? A weird guy. I understand that. And I heard a great take yeah. today, uh, this morning. Dan Lebetard show with Stu Gotts on ESPN Radio. Stu Gotts was all Stu over Gatz. him because he's like, yeah. When Greg Popovich wants to talk. You know, he, he comes out about Trump. He comes out about he goes off yeah. about this and that. Uh, you know, suspending uh, uh, the dirty player on the Warriors. However, the hell you pronounce that guy's name, that scrub. But then when he's doing sideline reporter with Doris Burke, he gives her a one word answer, two word answer. He acts like a total yeah. like a total d bag, uh, and just that Julia. yeah, and just that you know, just that flip that flipping personality, right? The 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 heads or tails personality you get from him. But, like, last night I'm watching the press conference. I watched it because, I, you know, Greg Popovich is obviously one of the greatest coaches ever, any sport. You can't even argue that. And, and so it's interesting to me. And plus the whole media angle and the press conference, and they actually showed the reporters. But you listen, listen to them ask questions. Every single media member is scared. 
the guy from the San Antonio newspaper. Their own, like he's pro, he's got to be their beat writer for crying out loud. He sounded like he had never been in a press conference before because he doesn't want to get his head bitten off by Popovich. Now I've been around coaches that have that type of temperament, uh, temperament where you just don't know, and and it's like walking on eggshells. But what gives him the right to sit up there and make these people who are doing their jobs, mind you? And helping you make more money, mind you, by doing their jobs. What gives him the goddamn right where he just blows people up? He blows them up. I, I'm not answering that question. Already answered that question. Basically, that question's not good enough for me. Just total smartass. I, I don't get it. Like, I know that's his shtick, but I, I just yeah. don't get it. I don't get it. And it bothered yeah. me watching that last night. No, I'm, I respect him. He's one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. But yeah, he does come off as, you know, with that smug attitude and the one word answers, it's like Andy, you know, Andy Reid press conferences all over again. And it just, you're right. It's just that he's just, he can just be a jerk. Yeah. Be- mean, Belichick can, gets away with it because, that, you know, I Belichick gets away with it. Popovich gets away with it. But why? Why aren't, why I'll aren't more people holding why. their. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Do you know why? Why? Because they. Because they win championships. So? Plain and simple. I know. It's a stupid answer, but I think that's what it is. They just, I, I'm this good. I can do whatever I want. Doesn't make it right, but I think that's that. That's how, that's what it is, unfortunately. And the one thing that I agree with Greg Popovich, he said, the, I mean, he went off on a rant and rave about Jaja Pachulia and his closeout and how Kawhi Leonard rolled his ankle and this guy has a history of being a dirty player I, I i watched the play over and over again and i i've been a spurs i was a spurs thing growing up as a kid i i don't agree with it i just i think you know they're kind of goofy kevin durant said it best and he's just phenomenal but they asked him because he kind of had all of do the same thing to him and he's like listen big guys like that are just they don't really play a lot out on the perimeter so when guys go up the floor for jumpers, it's kind of awkward for them to to contest shots and get their body in line so that their feet aren't under you know the the person that's shooting. But I just I thought Pop was totally out of line. He compared it. Have you ever heard a man flutter like he's yeah. Pop? I know. Okay. Please. I know. All right, that, that was just so far right. over the line. And you come yeah, off. Have you ever look, heard look, a man look, yeah. Fred Hoiberg, the Bulls coach, who's a local legend out here for his work at Iowa State, uh, he got crushed. It, he got crushed out here and nationally too when he was complaining about was it Isaiah Thomas carrying on every possession in the first round, turning the ball, yep. you know, turning your hand over. He made those comments after game. He was trying to get calls for his team. I get it. That happens. That's all Pop had to do. Well, you know, I didn't like the officiating, yeah. or I think that guy should have been yeah. kicked out of the game. But to go to the extreme yeah. he did was just unnecessary. Sounds petty. You're whining. For Christ's sake, you win a championship every other year. Like, give me a break. And I just, yeah. I, you know, I've never had a problem with the whole Popovich shtick before. You know, the the moment with Craig Sager where he kind of broke down. You know, we're all great, glad to see you, Craig. It was a great moment. It showed his human side. Yeah. But he's right. such, right. he's such a pompous, you know what, so many other times. And last night, his team, or you know, yeah, last team gets his doors blown off. By thirty some points, and he's on the uh, you know he's at the podium six minutes later, like 
It just doesn't do anybody any good. Doesn't serve anybody any good. You can't get a good quote out of them, for the most part. And all you do is hate your life afterwards as a reporter. There were people in that room that were scared out of their minds to ask a question. Because they got their, their butts kicked. If they'd won by 30, it'd been less tense. 100%. Alright, dude. Uh, sorry to cut you off there and go on that pop. No, Any other NBA playoffs thoughts before we jump to the real playoffs going on right now, the Stanley Cup? Yeah, nah. Let's just, you know, maybe these, maybe both sides will be four-game sweeps and uh, we'll bring on the dream rematch. All right. I would love to see We've... Golden State tearing the LeBron and the Cavs because I can't stand LeBron's whining. You and I each have a rant to get to, or at least I know I do. I think you have a dear God as well. Before we get there, I've got some hot takes for you. You ready for these hot takes? These are yeah, hot. Give me the hockey Woo! hot takes. Hot. Hockey hot. hot takes. I'm going to lead with one that's probably not as hot. This is going to be a lukewarm take for you. The Nashville Predators are going to win the Stanley Cup. Book it. All right? Done. Let's move on. Here's my hot, hot, hot fire, burning, broiling take. Alex Ovechkin will be playing in the KHL, Russia's top league, by the 2019-2020 season. Book it. All right? All right? Save this clip for when I'm dead three years from now and that guy's playing in Russia. Because I'm going to tell you what right now. He ain't winning a Stanley Cup. It ain't happening. So two years from now, he's made all this money. He's broken records. He's arguably the greatest Russian player ever in the NHL. Arguably. And no offense, Sergei Fedorov and down the line. Uh, You could put him up there with one of the greatest European-born players ever. He's certainly going to go down as one of the greatest players ever to never win a cup. A uh, dubious distinction. But by the time you get to that 2019-2020 season, that's two more full years in the NHL to score 40-50 goals. Russia will be calling. I don't know when his contract ends. I don't even care to look it up. That doesn't matter. The KHL will pay him whatever he wants. He'll go play in his hometown. In fact, I was absolutely stunned he didn't go join Russia for the World Championships. You know, word broke he had all these injuries he was dealing with, and he's going to... He can't wait to get to the World Championships in Russia every year. So he's either legitimately hurt this time around, or he's so, like, just defeated that he's using the injuries as an excuse. Because usually he's in Russia, uh, the first plane he can get out of D.C. to join Team Russia in the World Championships, which usually coincide right around this time during the Stanley Cup playoffs. In fact, they're going on right now. All that aside, Alex Ovechkin in the KHL by the 2019-2020 season. I don't care what his contract says with the Caps. I don't care. If he has to retire from the NHL and then find some way to weasel back to the KHL, I'm sure there's stipulations against that. Trust me, he's going to be playing in Russia sooner rather than later because he's going to come to the realization the cup ain't coming his way. And with that, why not go home? Why not be revered there? You've made a ton of money. You've played in the NHL. You gave it your best. Go back home. A lot of Russians are doing it. None bigger than Ovechkin. And you don't necessarily need you don't necessarily need to comment any of this. I'm just that's my hot take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I listen. You got guys like Yuli Kovalchuk are leaving the KHL and want to get back into the NHL. Yager left. A lot of people forget yeah. Yager left and came back. Now, no, you're right. will Ovechkin no, you're last right. as long as Yager playing hockey? Not a shot in hell. But Yager went yeah, away and came back, and he's been just as dominant, maybe more dominant than when he left the first time around. Absolutely. I do like your national predator win the Stanley Cup. 
I think they I think Pecorine is on fire. Yeah, Rene is Rene is, is showing the casual hockey fan why he's been a top ten goaltender for the last uh, you know, six to eight years at least. And their defense is mobile, their defense is always on the score sheet. I think PK Subban has really found a nice niche with with uh, the Predators. Uh, their home ice advantage. I don't think they've lost at home this this playoff season. They've no. been they've been flat out dominant at home. And even though they don't have a lot of veteran guys with like you know rings and and cup experience like the Penguins might or some of these other teams might. You know the Capitals even had a guy like Justin Williams has been there. They have a Mike Fisher, their captain, who's been around the block. They've got Subban, who's no slouch to big games. You know, you you can go up and down their lineup, and you and you look at some of these guys, and you go, "Wow, you know they they have a nice mix. They have depth, and uh, they've got a coach, Peter Laviolette, who's now taken a team to three different conference finals, and that's a rarity. Um, and, and he's obviously won a cup, and he's been to the finals, and and I think that he's a hell of a hockey coach. So, you know, the Nashville Predators to me are the are the most dominating team I've seen. I don't think that. They can't play a certain style. Like you looked at the Sharks last year, and you watched the Western Conference, and you're like, "Man, the Western Conference is just so fast." And then Pittsburgh was just better. But that's not. I don't think you're going to find that. It doesn't matter what happens, Nashville and Anaheim. You know how long that series goes. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Ottawa, Pittsburgh, whoever comes out. The Penguins aren't repeating. They are not going to repeat. The Nashville Predators are going to win the Stanley Cup. I love it. It's funny you say that because that's. When we were going to cover the NHL, that was going to be the question that I was going to pose to you: Is do you think who do you think can knock Pittsburgh off? So, well, I you know, I think I, I'd like Ottawa to beat them. I think the Penguins probably will win the series. Uh, in fact, before the series started, part of my thinking was if Flurry plays, the Senators win. Flurry got pulled tonight. Uh, if they go with Matt Murray later on in the series, I don't know how healthy he is, how rusty he is, but Matt Murray, like I. Mark andre Fleury's not winning another Stanley Cup as a starting goaltender. It's just not happening. I know he had shutouts in two of his last three coming in, but he's just not that good. If he was that good, he would have been starting for them. Figure it out. It was a great luxury to have to be able to put him in when Murray got hurt right before game one of the first round. No other team in the league has that luxury. Oh, let's just plug in this guy who has two rings. One of them is a starter. Nobody else has that luxury in the postseason. And the Penguins bought, they were playing, you know, uh, on borrowed time. Playing with house money. Tonight, Flurry got shelled. Can the Penguins still come back and beat the Senators, win that series? Absolutely. But teams don't repeat anymore. The Penguins have no fear, Flyers fans. Don't fret. The Penguins are not winning the Stanley Cup. All right, you got any thoughts, Johnny Mita, before we get on out of here on this Pete McCannon contract extension? I know we've been all over the map, but the Phillies give their manager a, an extension. Uh, and quickly, it was kind of odd timing. My only initial thoughts are, why now? Were there rumblings, uh, meaning the clubhouse, were guys not buying in, was was Franco not respecting the managers, or stuff behind the scenes we're not seeing, that you that management need to show the young players, you can't get this guy fired, he's our guy? Uh, was, was Pete, was he fretting about not having a long-term deal? Does this give him you know, less pressure to manage. I mean, those are the only two things I could think of because you got a team that's now fading quickly. It's going to be 10 games below 500 before you know it if they're not there already, for crying out loud. Like, why give him that extension now? The, the timing was definitely unusual. Um, I, I don't get it either. They they have so much time. They could have just waited. 
see how the club progressed, see if some of the younger guys were making more moves to, you know, improving their game. I just think they're in a situation, this is still a big-time rebuild. And maybe next year they go out and try to make a splash with some free agents. Bryce Harper signed a one-year deal. With I want nothing to do with him. They, the Phillies can. I'd rather have the Phillies relocate than sign Bryce Harper. All right. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. Mike Trout, baby. Mike Trout. Bring him home. Bring him home. Bring home the big fish. Reel him in. I'm with you there. I mean, I'll give. I don't care if we gotta wait till 2030, and and he's in a wheelchair. Bring him home. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, it's, it's interesting news. It's just, you know, it's, the problem with the Phillies right now is they're both. Oh, it's atrocious. It's a goddamn grease fire. <laughs> grease fire that is not going to get put out anytime Grease soon. fire alert, the Phillies bullpen. Oh, yeah. And then one guy had the nerve, Benoit, the other night. Oh, yeah. Come out and say, he goes, well, you know, we just don't know what our roles are. Well. We know your role is not to get shelled yeah. and lose the game. Your role is to get out, three dude. Four runs. Same yeah. thing you've been doing your yeah. whole career. He'll be gone at the deadline anyway. Who cares? They should nah, they should have traded Hellickson when he was four and zero. Yeah, but hey, any like seriously, just all, on the surface, any credence to my initial thought that maybe the clubhouse wasn't buying in? I, maybe no, I. Galvis Hernandez again. I hate pinning it on the younger Dominican players, but that that's my stereotype. I don't think Cameron Rupp's you know, a bad apple. No. You know? But you know what, though? But, I mean, Pete McAdamy apparently has a great reputation with the Latino players, and he speaks fluent Spanish. So I find that kind of a little hard to believe, but at the same time, it's certainly possible. All right. Finally, here's my rant. And, All and, right. Give it to me. Yeah. I'm tired of watching meaningful games in every sport and not being able to root like hell. I'm tired of it. November games with the 500-record Philadelphia Eagles, the closest things we get, an occasional late-season Flyers game that means something. It's total garbage. I'm tired of it. So this is a rant slash dear God. Dear God, dear God, please make one of these Philadelphia teams relevant in a playoff setting in the near future. I got a heart that's got a, a battery attached to it for crying out loud, all right? Give me something before I'm dead, all right? 2008 is going to be 10 years ago. It's the only championship you and I have sniffed since we've been out of diapers, for crying out loud. So, dear God, I'm tired of watching meaningful games with other teams where I watch them and I don't know who to root for or I don't care to root for anybody or my kids are asking me who I'm rooting for and I don't have an answer or I'm rooting for a team because of some guy that used to play in Philly. Just stupid reasons to be a fan. I'm tired of it. Or one game I'm rooting for one team, next game I'm rooting for the other. Penguins win, oh, it extends the series, that's great. But I hate the Penguins. I, mean, I, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I want meaningful Philadelphia sports games. Philadelphia sports teams in games that matter, that the whole world's watching, that social media is blowing up over, that means something, that equal championships. I need it back now. Is that it? Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Whew. Boy, why don't you grab a glass of water? My <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I came out with some fire. That's all I got. What do you uh, got? All right. Here's my rant. Okay. I'm going to address. 
the 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 leadership of the NBA. Okay, let's talk about. Hey, for the record, I love when you call out the brass, whether it's Goodell or Adam Silver. I love it. So please, the floor Uh, is yours. Well, here we go, NBA brass. Okay, I want you know. Here's my dear God. Okay. Can we bring the old-fashioned lottery ball back? Yeah! I want three big machines. I want the the ping-pong balls flying. I want everybody in the group all excited. The suspense was unreal. Now, some stupid new format. Everybody huddles back in a room, and it's like giving out the missile secrets to the country. They come out <laughs> with certain envelopes, right? It's just crazy. I know. Now they're working on, instead of the ping-pong balls, it's some type of mathematical, analytical formula that nobody can understand. The common fan understands ping pong balls. Lottery. <laughs> money, baby. That's what we understand. That's what we get, okay? And as far as the protection process goes, with this protected pick horse crap, okay? The, the, the Sixers have been victims three years, okay? They could have had the Lakers pick, Okay. Well, it's uh, top 10 protected this year. Uh, no, it's uh, top five. Uh, no, it's top three. Turns out now it's fully unprotected next year. Woo! Let's all have a parade down Broad Street. How about we do that? Here's the reality, unfortunately, for Sixer fans, is that the Lakers, they're going to get Lonzo Ball, then they're probably going to find a way to get Paul George, and then the Lakers are probably going to win 38 games next year, or maybe even get in the playoffs. And then what does that protected, unprotected pick turn into? A pick from anywhere between 13 and 20. Crap. I can't stand it. Stop with the protect. Okay, you want to put some new rules in place, Adam Silver? Okay, lottery protection ends after two years. It could be top 10 protected the one year or top five, then top 10, then after that it ends. Because you can't hold other franchises hostages like the Lakers have held us hostage for years and the way that they tagged, and I know we tagged too, but the way they did it this year was absolutely criminal. Throwing balls out of bounds where nobody's home. Give me a break. So fix the lottery process. Fix it. I don't even care if you go back to like some of the other sports. Whoever has the worst record, they get the pick. Do it like the NFL does it, okay? That would make it fair. If you can't tell me there's no rumbling, people think this is rigged. And i got to be honest with you. It's hard for me to believe that it's not rigged. And let's go to the fact that two weeks ago, Magic Johnson tells Luke Wong that, hey, Luke, don't worry about it. I'm, I, you know, I've talked to the commissioner. We're pretty much guaranteed a topic. Really? Really? This is called the lottery. When you have a lottery, nobody knows who's going to win the damn lottery. Okay? It just happens. <laughs> Okay, so there's something going on that's a little fishy here. The fact that the Lakers got the second pick. I know they had the worst second, but it just turned out. Luke Walling comes out. Like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, I know. Look at when LeBron, look at when LeBron left, when he left Cleveland. Oh, my God, Cleveland, they're losing jobs. The fan base. What is the Cleveland didn't even have the worst, worst record. Wins the lottery. Two years straight. Two years straight. Show me the ping pong balls, okay? Yeah. So then we can see. We can see. They're like, geez, I can't believe they were lucky enough to win it again for a second year. So get that done, Adam Silver. 
Because, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm just tired of it. Hold the phone, Sean Mead. Hold the phones. You didn't trust that chick from Ernst & Young coming out with the uh, secret envelope? I mean, what an embarrassment uh, that was. I, I forgot to get into this please. when we were talking about the lottery. Please. What a sham. Yeah, it looks like the, Dude, yeah, it the, looks like the, the Oscars with the, the, La La Land. Or, yeah. La La Land went best picture, yeah. and then it would turn out to be some Whatever. They <laughs> got the wrong envelope. They got three envelopes. She probably picked out one. She's like, oh, no, no, it's envelope two, envelope two, it's envelope two, and they, uh, they brought reporters back. I don't believe it. The though. Celtics, okay. The I, Celtics had two hundred and fifty of the one thousand possible combinations for the top pick. Like Mark, who, who's that brother? Mark, whatever his name is, he does some uh, some. Uh, a few NBA games here and there. He's been with ESPN for no, no, no. The 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 host guy, Mark Jones. Yes, Mark Jones. Whatever, Mark. Yeah, Mark, the black yeah, guy that was hosting the event last night. All right, that guy's yeah, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like reading off a teleprompter or a script. He doesn't understand it. Joel Embiid was his, was more confused than he'd ever been in one of his six classes he took at Kansas for crying out loud. You got Magic Johnson up there, knowing as you pointed out. He's all good, brother. Don't worry about a thing. I'm Rico Suave up here. I mean, what a joke. What a joke. It is a joke. And why do we have to, representing this team, like, like, give me a break. Who cares? Just, I love the ping pong balls. You're right. You used to watch the Pennsylvania lottery, right? They pop it on for 30 seconds in the middle of the news when you watch Action News back in the day. It's like the, the Daily Three, the Pick Five, whatever the hell they were called. And ping pong ball, seven, four, two. Woo! We won, baby. <laughs> I know it's, it's. I love the old days of that of the ping pong balls. Very That's what funny. I thought it was. That's what I was telling. I was telling like you know the, we're home. The kids are watching it. I'm like, this is it. You know, ping pong balls. You're gonna pick the balls out, and, and it was none of that. I mean, I am I that old that I forgot that it wasn't you know just popping out the ping pong balls anymore? There's some scientific mathematic formula and a back back room with. Ernst and Young, they yeah. gave about seven plugs to Ernst and Young. What'd they pay for that? Like, uncle. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. The thing is, like, wouldn't they change it? It'd be nice if they could explain the process of how it's done. And the only people that can, they, they can understand it are CPAs. Other than that, the fans can't understand that. No, it's embarrassing. Process. It's a joke, dude. Good it's stuff. A joke. All right, let's get on out of here. Yeah. Things went off the rails. We were all totally off the rails tonight, man. I ta- was- I, that's my fault. <laughs> that's my fault. No, no. No, it's so much fun. Hey, man, we just get after it. Holla. If things are passionate about, we're just going to rip into people. That's all. Holla. iTunes, SoundCloud, appreciate the love. Spread the love. Brotherly Love Podcast for John Mita, Joe O'Donnell. For God's sakes, win a title, Philly. Till next time. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.